back, my friends. Hour number two right here at your service on KMOX on a beautiful Thursday night. 9.06 is your time right here in the heart of mid-America. Folks, we're going to shift gears a little bit. You see what I did there? The auto guy kind of shifting gears. <laughs> we're going to shift gears a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, about mental health. Let's let's face it, folks. You know, it's uh, it's been a pretty trying time here uh, the last couple years. You know, I mean, it's... Uh, it's it, it, it it's really kind of wears on everybody. It doesn't matter what job you have. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter if you're stay at home. It doesn't matter if you're going to work every day. It kind of wears on everybody. So we got some great folks uh, in studio, also on the phone lines with us, and uh, we're going to introduce them right now. We have Dr. Lauren Schwartz. She is a Ph.D. clinical neuropsychologist at St. Louis University Hospital. Also, Anna Forsolito. She is a Missouri Shape President-Elect, also State Ambassador for Missouri Mental Health, uh, also Missouri Member of Healthy Schools, Strategic Planning Committee. Oh, yeah, by the way, she teaches seventh grade, too, at, uh, <laughs> at uh, Rockwood South Middle School. Not that she has anything else to do in her life <laughs> on top of that. And then uh, on the phone with us, we have uh, Guy Danhoff. He is a professor over at Missouri Baptist University for Health and uh, Sports Sciences. So first, Guy, hey, thanks for joining us on the phone line since we can't see you. Well, thanks for having me, All right, Greg. Perfect. All He's there. That makes I me wish feel I was there, my friend. <laughs> That's right. Lauren, thanks for you coming down. Appreciate that. Taking time out of your busy schedule and as well. Thank you for the invite. So, yes, thank you so much for having us. So, folks, uh, they just uh, really got off uh, doing a Twitter, live Twitter chat. And, of course, I'm, you know, I- I'm not that guy. I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, I-, I know where Twitter's at. That's about <laughs> all I can tell you. Uh, but uh, they guys just did a live Twitter chat talking about uh, mental health and really for educators and stuff like that. Because, I mean, not only is it is it really tough for, for regular folks at home, but, hey, teachers have had to live through it, too. Do you, are they masking? Are they not masking? Are they in school? Are they out of school? You know, what's going on? Different people have different policies. Parents mad. Te- you know, administrators mad. Everybody else. And uh, so it's really kind of cool. I'm, and, Guy, I'm going to let you uh, just kind of start off with it. Well, you know, tonight, the reason why we were doing the Twitter chat was simply to create more awareness for this topic and what's being done. And it was really great for the people that were, you know, uh, involved in the Twitter chat. We actually had people from all over the world joining us. We had someone from Australia. We had someone from Brazil. Um, And it was really good. And and we were really focusing on this idea of self-care and what are some things we can do when we have some very tough days, as you said. There's a lot of things that happen. It's pretty stressful, you know, just going to work and, and just the unpredictability of what's going to happen on any given day to day. And so that was great about having that uh, Twitter chat tonight in the past hour. It's actually still going on. It's great to see those conversations taking place on Twitter for tonight. Yeah, and that's uh, I, th- I think that's really great. And I'm going to just go ahead and segue into you, obviously, being a teacher. You know, how tough has it been for yourself uh, just not the other stuff you do, just I'm talking about <laughs> at school. But, but how tough is it for, you know, you? And I, I mean, I think kids are pretty resilient. You know, my son in the seventh grade, you know, he doesn't care if he wears a mask, if he has to, if he doesn't. I mean, it, it's 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 normal for him. He doesn't it doesn't bother him. So how has that been for you in school? Well, thanks for the question. And I think that it's just very it's constantly changing. So some of the, one of the things that we just have to be prepared of is we have to be able to pause, take a step back, and to always be willing to reevaluate what's going on and make sure that we're doing what's best for kids when we're in the classroom and keep them safe at all times, whether it be inside the classroom or outside. And then also giving them those tools and skills that they need to 
be safe when they're away from us and doing their living their daily lives. But for teachers, yeah, it can get a little bit overwhelming sometimes. And I think one of the Twitter chats, the one of the things that we were wanting to connect with teachers and educators across the country and other countries tonight was just that, you know, we're really all in this together still and we're there for each other and just to continue to create a support system for each other and to be able to know when or know how that they can continue to be supportive and be there with each other. Right. I mean, that's got to be something. I mean, you know, at least uh, you guys are able to talk to each other. And, and I mean, obviously schools change, you know, whether you're changing classrooms, you're not changing classrooms or the whole the whole class changes one classroom to the next or whatever. Just trying, you know, as you said, trying to keep everybody safe, whether, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's you or whether it's the kids. I mean, I don't know any any teachers that that really uh, uh, isn't for the kids. You know, <laughs> let's, it's not a job that you do to. Uh, uh, make a ton of money, you know what I mean? So. Absolutely. And we're, we are definitely there for the kids. And I will say that the the best part, the most important part is even though we are there for the kids, we have to recognize how we can take care of ourselves first. And I think that's what we're really wanting to talk about tonight is that mental health, that social emotional learning that is not just for our students, but it's for everybody. And that we have to do that for ourselves and so that we can give our best to our students and we can give our best to each other. No, absolutely. And uh, Lauren, I'm going to go ahead and pull it. How do you do now, obviously being a neuropsychologist, boy, that's a big word for me to say, I got to tell you. Uh, <laughs> you did but, a nice job. <laughs> thank you. Uh, but I mean, doing that, how, you know, what, what kind of, uh, when the folks come in to see you or you go out and evaluate people or stuff like that, are, are you seeing trends in, the, in, in things going on? Sure. I think in general, the, the biggest trend across the board um, is that the, the rise of mental health concerns is part of the pandemic. I would say it's the pandemic as well. Absolutely. So when we look at rates of things like depression and anxiety, some of the statistics show us that they're increasing by like three and, you know, fourfold. So, you know, as a clinician, regardless of what someone's coming in to see me for, anxiety and depression becomes a part of the picture for most of my patients at this point in time. Um, And I also am an educator in the School of Medicine, so I'm really keen on, so we're talking, I know, about, you know, youngsters in in grade school and high school, um, but professional students as well are touched by this, and and all of the educators and students are they're on the front lines just as much as the healthcare workers. Absolutely, you know that's it's kind of uh, kind of crazy because you know I always I'm you know I always consider myself I'm a real man you know I don't need that stuff and stuff like that, but you know after two years of this I mean there's times I'm lucky I get to go to work every day. Okay, I get to see other people every day. I get to have conversations with other people every day. My wife is working from home, you know, just she's been able to go back in the office a couple of days. But I mean, you know, at first, I mean, she was working from home and it was tough. And it was, you know, she, not only that, but when the kids are home, she talks to the kids. You know, there's no adult conversation going on. There's or she's just, you know, so inundated with work. It, it just becomes repetitive. And obviously, depression definitely sets in for everybody. I don't care who you are. It definitely sets in for everybody at some point in time. A hundred percent. And that social isolation really is almost like a, the perfect breeding ground for things like depression sure. to grow, you know. Um, I'm, I'm a guy who, you know, if I'm alone with my thoughts, I start second guessing myself and start talking to myself and like, wow, is that really right? Is that what I'm supposed to do? I can't, you know, and, and I mean, you, it, 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 it kind of wears on your psyche. Of course. And, and, you know, that internal monologue at sometimes being negative is a very normal part of all of us as, as human beings. And so really... That's one of my specialties. Yeah. 
<laughs> me too. That maladaptive perfectionism, you know. I think that we may all be in the same boat. A hundred percent. But I think it's really important for us when we, we notice that we're going down that sort of uh, train of thought is to really try to pause and combat those thoughts and say to ourselves, okay, well, what is the evidence that this belief that I'm saying is true? Am I, I feel like a lot of our thoughts have become catastrophic, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, it makes complete sense given the situation that we're in in the midst of a pandemic, but kind of stopping ourselves and saying, okay, what is the evidence that this belief is going to happen? Am I fortune-telling? Am I being catastrophic? And trying to really talk yourself down. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. I, I, we have, uh, I'll just throw it out there, at, at Casa Damon, you know, we have, uh, my wife and I have kind of a little issue going on. My, uh, my oldest son went to college this year. Uh, just at Mobap, not very far away, but he's not home. And I mean, it's, I, I always thought, you know, I'm really going to take this hard. And my wife and I, I mean, it's, it's tough. It, I mean, it's tough. It's like the family unit. And we, you know, we've been together all this time and now all of a sudden one's gone. So it's, uh, it's really kind of tough. We're working through a few things with that. And I would say that um, now more so than ever, normal life transitions for us, be it kids going to college, be it starting a new job. I think the stress of that is heightened because we're all walking around with this elevated level of base stress just because of the situation that we're finding ourselves in. Absolutely. Let's pull Guy in here. So, you know, Guy, we talked to talked to Anna a little bit about uh, what it's like in middle school. What about, uh, what are you seeing in the college level? Well, at the college level, I'll give you a simple example because this has, you know, already happened. We're now in week five and, you know, we've had a few students that, you know, get COVID and then you've got it like you were talking about, you've got the isolation, you know, that you have to do. And then as teachers, uh, we have to figure out how we can keep them connected to the class and, and also just to check on how they're also doing. Um, so they feel connected, of course. And then what we have to do is modify our teaching. Like in my case, I'll go ahead and also offer the virtual option as well. So if the student feels, you know, okay enough that they want to attend the class virtually at a normal class time, they can. And then, of course, in my situation, here it is, uh, you know, on Monday, uh, I tested positive for COVID. And now if I'm going to do a class, I'm doing it now virtually because I have to. That's what I mean. Every day or every week is so unpredictable what can happen with a class dynamically. And I just feel blessed that I work at a school that does a fantastic job supporting us, um, especially us teachers, and giving us a lot of excellent technology so that we can maneuver and provide still great quality education while addressing their social and emotional needs. Yeah, and I'm gonna, I'll throw that to Anna. I mean, how has that changed for you teaching class? I mean, how has that changed for you in the last couple of years? I think everything has changed in the past couple of years. I think that the things that we have done prior to COVID, we look back on them, there's things that, that net, they work, but they have to be looked at differently in order to be successful in the classroom. And whatever we do in the classroom has to be successful for us as teachers. So we have to rethink everything that we do in order to, whether it be hybrid, virtual, in-person, everything changes. How you use equipment, how we sanitize equipment, how we pick things up, how we group kids together, you know, the types of activities that we do, the lessons that we do, the structure of it, the organization, everything changes. And the other thing that you have to think of is we always have to think of what's going on outside of these kids' homes and what are the what kind of home home environment are they coming out of and coming into our classes every single right. day and looking for us to have a safe space 
And so they can come to school, feel safe, and they can be themselves and they can learn and enjoy life. And so you all and that varies so much even more now because of COVID. And so we have to just continue to think about all the different variables that are going on, not necessarily in front of our faces, but outside the in in their homes and families at the same time. No, absolutely. Hey, folks, I got to take a a quick break here. Can you guys uh, hang with us a little bit more? Absolutely. All right. Fantastic. (laughs) Just hang out with us here. Hey, this is Greg Damon. You're listening to At Your Service here on KMOX on a Thursday night. We got to do a little business, folks. We'll be back right after this. Don't just listen to the news. React to it. We are the voice of St. Louis. Everyone is welcome. Welcome back, my friends. 923 right here in the heart of mid-America. You're listening to KMOX at your service. Greg Damon sitting in the big chair tonight talking about all sorts of different stuff. We are focusing a little bit on mental health this uh, this hour. We have uh, Guy Danhoff. He's on the phone with us. He's a professor over at MOBAP for uh, uh, health sciences. In the studio with us, we have Dr. Lauren Schwartz. She's a Ph.D. clinical neuropsychologist, big word for me, at St. Louis University. And Anna Forsigl... Fors- I told you, for <laughs> You got uh, it. <laughs> uh, and she is, uh, you know, it, like I'm going to read all her stuff and I'm going to be out of time for the hour. And uh, she's all sorts of stuff all over. We'll get into that a little bit later. But uh, they just uh, got done doing a Twitter live Twitter chat on uh, about mental health and stuff like that. Folks, you want to join us, love to have you. 436-7900, 1-800-925-1120. Those are the phone numbers you want to get in. Hey, give us a call, and we'll try to have these professionals, not me, but we'll try to have these professionals help you out with anything they possibly can. Um, you know, uh, and, and, and uh, Dr., I'll, I'll go with you first on this. It, it, it really uh, – I, I coach football, okay, and I'm an old-school coach. You know, I, I, it's like you're – are you hurt or are you injured? You know, get out there and play. Mm-hmm. Rub some dirt on it. Let's go. You know, I'm that kind of guy. Shake it off. That's right. Shake it off. Walk oh. it off. Come on. We got stuff to do. Anyway, you know, but uh, my wife and I, huge Olympic watchers. Huge. Love it. Love the Olympics. Wait for it. We, do, you know, it's it's one of the big things we do. And here, you know, uh, we have uh, the gymnast who now all of a sudden says, hey, guess what? I can't compete anymore. I can't compete anymore. I, I, I've got, you know, some stuff going on got some mental health issues. I've got to get this righted. And, you know, me as a coach, I'm thinking, wait a minute, what, you prepared for this your whole life. How do you, you know, how, how can this be? How can you do this to your team? How can you do this? But, man, it has really kind of exploded, especially for me, with everybody start talking about it. And now everything, you know, people talk about this and what's going on with COVID in, in the past two years and stuff like that. So for, for I guess, for the layman, you know, what, what kind of signs do you see, I guess, in, in, in mental, I don't want to say mental illness, but, you know, folks that maybe need some help? Sure, absolutely. So I won't talk about specific things like depression and anxiety first. I want to talk about how do you know maybe that you're maybe unwell. Um, okay. So things like major changes in things like your sleep, appetite, mood changes. I think oftentimes when we think about depression, we, we view, um, you know, that medication commercial of the person that is in bed and and not able to get out. Um, But it could be irritability. It can be anger, um, changes in sleep. Maybe your thought processes are not uh, as logical as they used to be. Um, And then we think about things like, you know, disinterest. You're not finding pleasure in things that you used to do. 
Um, but a big thing that I, I look for too is drop in functioning, just like that athlete that you're talking about. You know, are you not able to function in your job, in your social life? You know, those are the big signs that, hey, maybe there's something going on that needs to be addressed. Yeah, I'm on, I'm going to need your card. Okay. I'll give you my cell phone since, you know, we're getting along kind of well. No, but, it, you know, you're exactly right. And that's, uh, you know, as I said, I, I, for me, I feel like I'm one of the lucky ones. I was able to go, you know, to work every day and, and see, you know, different people, see outside and, and, you know, be outside, do some other stuff as well. But, uh, you know, I, 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 as I said, I think everybody needs some help now and then. Um, and, and it's really weighed heavy on a lot of folks, a lot of friends. Even for me as, as being, you know, at the, uh, at the auto shop, uh, you know, not having uh, as many customers, not many folks driving is what they used to and stuff like that. It kind of wears you down. Absolutely. And I think uh, we need to recognize that we're all going through grief. That's what this is. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, you know, I think that we think, oh, grief only comes when you've had a death, right? But that's not true. Grief comes when there's a loss of how you used to have a normal routine, um, that parents are sending their kindergartners to school in masks. I see my kid in a plexiglass desk situation, right. my kindergartner. Like, I didn't anticipate that for my kindergartner. That's grief, though. People, I mean, even things like people's weddings getting disrupted, graduation, not being able to have funerals. I mean, life has just sort of exploded. But, you know, I think really for some of us, we just need to recognize we are grieving. And sometimes that acknowledgement is sort of, oh, my God, that's kind of freeing to a certain extent. Yeah, I, I certainly agree with that. Guy, you want to weigh in? Well, I think she's right. I, uh, the word that I use is, is disruption. I'm going to take it from the athletic standpoint. You know, uh, being an announcer for the, uh, for Missouri Baptist Spartans, you know, in the football, you know, when we didn't get a chance to play last fall in 2020, and just how that disrupted, I mean, everyone, the coaching, the you didn't have practice, right? The, the season was canceled. And then all of a sudden you got to play your season in the spring and it's not a full season, it's a half season. And so now you're practicing in the winter. So your practice schedule is bizarre where when you normally start in the fall, it's a hundred degrees. Now right. you're starting. It's like, you know, our first game, Seven. I mean, with our wind chill, we were at negative three degrees. And the only reason why we played the game was because we'd gone over like 440 days without playing a game and we just so badly wanted to do it. And that's a lot of what Dr. Schwartz is talking about. That shift has just been massive. And, and I'm, you know, I just want to give a shout out to a lot of these leaders of these organizations, like, for example, in our case, the NAIA making a lot of tough decisions, but always having the athlete's um, interest at heart. Like you said earlier, uh, Greg, you know, we get into teaching because we love students. We want to have impact and we want to see them grow and develop and certainly, you know, become the best version of themselves. And so all this displacement, if you would, all this change, I mean, even us as teachers, educators, and even coaches, as as Dr. Schwartz says, I mean, who's prepared for that? We're not. And that's why it's so important that we, you know, get into some support systems of some kind. So when we are dealing with things, you know, we've got some outlets of some ways to talk about it in really positive ways. Oh, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. You know, and, and Anna, I'll throw this out to you. You know, when, uh, so for me being a coach, you know, it, 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 it is I love being around the kids. Uh, you know, I, I really try to help them 
obviously during the game, but, you know, we teach life lessons as, as well as that. You know, kids today, you know, when I was a kid, I was outside playing. I'm going to date myself. You know, I'm outside playing until the streetlights come on and with all my buddies. To, you know, today you can't do that. You can't just let your kids go outside by themselves, you know. So where do they where do they interact? Where do they learn social uh, back and forth with each other? Where do they learn how to team build, problem solve? You know, and that's, and that's through an area of sports. But, you know, not everybody, and I'll relate this to the school, you know, not a lot of the kids have a great home life. You know, mom and dad may be separated and, you know, they may not have, uh, uh, you know, school lunches or breakfast when they do it. I mean, that may be some of the best meals they have. I mean, how does this really impact, you know, kids when they do that? That's a really loaded question. Sorry. <laughs> no, absolutely. No, it's a great question. It, it There's so many different tiers to what I'm hearing from you right now, going from, nutrition, proper nutrition to healthy lifestyle to exercise daily and how and proper sleep, quality sleep and and how those emotions and how their behaviors all fit into that. And especially as they're developing and growing it. The good news is that being a health and physical educator and understanding the power that I have is in as our, our amazing profession, knowing that social emotional learning is the flagship and is the foundation of a quality health and physical education program. And what that looks like is what we get to do is it's magical. I, that's, I can't explain it any other way, but those, when the kids understand that we get to develop the whole child and that we, they get to find out that everything is connected, this mind-body connection with how they are growing and how they're fueling their bodies affects everything that they do. And when they're playing and connecting with their kids in PE class, um, with their student, with their peers, they're learning how to socially interact with them appropriately. They're learning how to be there for each other and support each other. They're learning uh, fine motor skills or just physical fitness skills, exercise, and they're learning how to put those all together and to be a healthy person and to live those lifestyles so they can feel fulfilled and feel good about who they are. And then they get to spread kindness and lift each other up and provide that cultural change that we need in the society that's really powerful and that's what we get to do in the classes and we get to do that every single day yeah you know it's uh i've always thought i mean sometimes kids going to school coming to practice i mean that's like the best part of their day for some folks you know i mean that's that it's like they look forward to that that's their best thing that they've done and and i think as teachers obviously you really have to recognize that Mm -hmm. and you really have to you know, the, kids kids need, I don't want to necessarily say role model, but they need somebody to look up to. They need somebody that like, hey, you know, when I ask you a question, you're not going to give me the wrong answer. Mm-hmm. You're not going to push me aside. You know, you're going to talk to me straight. And and I think that's uh, that's one thing that, that obviously teachers really do well. Um, you know, I, I, I my hat's off to you guys. Thank you. They do. They need that trusted adult. That, and that trusted adult is not going to be the same person. You know, I can't be that one person for every single student in my class, in my school and that's okay. We're meant to connect and I'm meant to be there for my for my students and if they if they know that they can come and talk to me and they can I can help and support them and be there for them that is the best thing ever. But I know that it might not be a best fit for every single student. So that's why we have all these different teachers in order for us to be there for them. Sure. And it's they need that trusted adult though because they need somewhere to go that they can talk to about things. And sometimes they they don't want to talk to their friends about it. They don't feel comfortable talking to their friends about it. And they know that it's much something more serious than that. Or they don't feel comfortable talking to their parents. Or they might not have a parent in their life. 
So whatever that trust adult looks like for them, whether it be a teacher or a principal or a nurse or whatever, or even people in our cafeteria, you know, those we, they're fantastic individuals. Um, they they do really need that in order to be a mentor to grow. I have many mentors in, in my life, and they are fantastic individuals. Guy is one of them. <laughs> well, so, thank you. Suck welcome. Up. I well. No, just being honest. I'm just kidding. (laughs) And you're providing a safe environment for children to express their emotions and develop. And and even if the home life is not ideal, you're developing resilience for them. Mm -hmm. And what we know is that those skills that make us resilient are buffers against the development of mental health concerns. Mm -hmm. So it's wonderful. One of the the things I coach, I coach the, uh, the line on in football and one of the things that I've done ever since I've started coaching was, you know, we take a couple minutes out of practice each day from them guys hitting each other. And we talk about, hey, how's school going? How's home life? You guys doing good? You know, and we try to make a, a camaraderie about it and just, you know, where they can say, hey, you can tell me anything. I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to be mad at you. I'm not going to be upset with you. But this is the time. If you got something to say, hey, say it. We're going to we're going to work through it. And we're going to make things better. That's that's what we do. That's wonderful. So, hey, I got to take a few uh, a quick break here. You guys can hang some more with me, Guy? Absolutely. All right, fantastic. <laughs> All right, folks, we're talking some mental health here on KMOX on a Thursday night at your service. That's right, Thursday night at your service. We invite you to join us. You got a question? Hey, I got some experts here that can answer any questions you got. Well, about mental health anyway. We'll, we'll put it that way. 314-436-7900-1800-925-1120. Those are the phone numbers. We're going to do a little business. We'll be right back. Stick around. Get the inside story on what's happening with your St. Louis Cardinals this season directly from the Redbirds manager. It's the Mike Schilt Show, Sunday mornings at 1015, sponsored by Bath Fitter on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. Welcome back, my friends. 941 is your time right here in the heart of Mid-America. Greg Damon sitting in a big chair here. KMOX at your service. Mike Anderson kicking out the jams here. Little Van Halen had to uh, had to go a little bit longer there. Just, you know. What do you think, Mike? Do you think uh, do you think David Lee Roth or do you think Sammy Hager? What what uh, what do you what are you? David Lee Roth. Yeah, absolutely. Little DLR. That's what I'm saying. Thanks, Mike Anderson. Nobody gets there. Nobody ever talks to him. That's why I got to bring him on. Hey, folks, we are talking. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Hey, we're talking some mental health here on KMOX at your service. Got some great folks in the studio with us. Also on the phone, we're visiting with Dr. Lauren Schwartz. She's a Ph.D. clinical neuropsychologist at St. Louis University Hospital. Also, Anna Forsolito. Uh, she's with Missouri Shape President-elect, also state ambassador for Missouri Mental Health. She's a member of the Missouri Healthy Schools Strategic Planning Committee and, oh, yeah, teacher of uh, seventh grade health and PE at Rockwood South Middle School. Okay, that's all the time we got. No, I'm just, uh, but, uh, hey, thanks for you guys. Uh, and, and also uh, Guy Danhoff, professor over at Missouri Baptist University of uh, Health and Science, uh, Sports Science. Guys, thanks again for uh, hanging out with us here on a Thursday night on KMOX. And I uh, can't thank you guys enough for coming in the studio and Guy being on the, uh, being on the phone with us. 
Thanks for having us. Oh, we love it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so, boy, that's a mouthful I had to say right there. But anyway, we're getting uh, running through a few things. We got some uh, some folks on the air that's got some questions or on the phones that's got some questions. You guys want to take some phone calls? Certainly. Sure. All right, let's talk to Kim. Hey, Kim, guess what? You're up next here on At Your Service on KMOX. Well, good evening, everyone. I, I am in a situation um, with my daughter. My, my husband passed away last November with a rare form of brain cancer. Back in, this past January, I hooked up with his best friend, uh, and we are in a very serious relationship. And my daughter is saying that she thinks it's too soon for me to be doing what I'm doing, um, and she blames uh, my husband's friend for coming in and sweeping up uh, his wife and running off with her, and, and that's not the way it has happened. Um, and I and and I'm just wondering, you know, what what your folks' take is on this. I mean, I I don't want to sit in the she what she expects me to sit in the house and oh boohoo woe is me and feel sorry for myself. Um, and my my marriage uh, to her dad was a very rocky re- uh, relationship, and, and the only two good things that came out of that was my two kids. Okay, Kim, I'll tell you what, uh, you know, I mean, everybody grieves in a different way, and uh, we'll try to see if we can, can get some uh, get some clarity for you. Kim, first off, I'm, I'm sorry for your loss, and even when relationships are rocky, there is still grief and sadness when, when those end and when there is a loss, and I... I think the the most important thing that I'm going to say to you is that, um, you know, there's no judgment here and you have to do what is best for for your wellness and your happiness in your life. And we all do grieve differently. And and after the loss of a partner, it is very natural at some point in our lives to to want to have that relationship again. And unfortunately, it sounds like your daughter is having a negative reaction to this. But you have to do what's in, you know, in your best interest. And it is okay to move on after the loss of a spouse. I appreciate the phone call, Kim. Thanks so much. Let's move on and talk to Tom. Hi, Tom. You're up next here on KMOX at your service. Uh, thank you, Greg. I uh, appreciate uh, the opportunity. I've got two quick questions. One for Guy. Uh, Guy, in the work that you've done with the school administrators around the state, when you've gone in and interviewed them, what do you see their reaction is uh, when they put the health culture of the school district as a number one priority in all the school functions? So, Tom, the, the answer to that is because just for those who don't know, um, I co-produce a, a, uh, a video that actually highlights school stories called On the Move Missouri or On the Move Mo. And we've been doing that since May. And Tom, to answer your question, really what we see is you're seeing more of an integrated approach where it's becoming, health is becoming part of the school culture. And that's something that, you know, we've been seeing almost exclusive or not exclusively, but every time that we bring the cameras in and interview the school superintendents or the principals, you're seeing that more and more and I got to tell you, it's it's just a great thing to see where you're seeing more integration than ever before. Um, and I know that kind of aligns with um, some of the things that schools align themselves with, like the WISC model, for example, whole school, whole child, and yes, the whole community. So, Tom, I hope that answers your question. Tom, thanks for the question. Appreciate that. Hey, folks, guess what? I got to take one more break here.
You guys hang with me some more? You got it. All right, fantastic. (laughs) Stick around, folks. We're talking a little mental health here on KMOX. If you want to join us again, 314-436-7900, 1-800-925-1120. We'll be right back after these. Stick around. Keep pace with the latest locally. Ask your smart speaker to play KMOX. Welcome back, everyone. Heading into the final laps here on Second Hour at Your Service here in KMOX in the heart of Mid-America. 9.51 is your time. And little ZZ Top bringing us back. How about that? Mike Anderson, you are the ultimate DJ. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) You're going to be up for producer of the year. Hey, folks, we're talking a little mental health here in the studio. Uh, We have Dr. Lauren Schwartz. She's a Ph.D. clinical neuropsychologist. And Anna Forsolito. I'm not even going to go through your whole thing. I'm just going to say you teach seventh grade over at Rockwood <laughs> Middle School because I, I, I can't read all that. We'll be, we'll be out of time. Right. But uh, And also Guy Danhoff, he's a professor over at MOBAP uh, for Health and Sports Sciences, and he's been uh, kind enough to join us here on the phone as well. Um, I guess, you know, we're kind of talking a little bit, uh, little bit off air. Um, I know we just kind of go some final thoughts. How about that? Absolutely. I think, you know, from a mental, as a mental health practitioner, I think we are uniquely situated right now as, as a country, if not a world, to begin to really work on ending the stigma of mental health and to just shed some light on that this is a very human thing that we all experience now more than ever. And so to really encourage people to get treatment or help those in need of treatment. And quite frankly, every day I say to myself, thank God for telehealth because I have been able to provide services. Insurance has been covering it to people that would never have maybe even come to see me. So those are my final thoughts. Well, you know, that's one of the things I see is insurance companies are starting to recognize that as, you know, I, I don't want to say a disease, but as, as an issue or symptom for a lot of folks out there. Yeah, they reimburse for what we do. Right. Finally. Thank and, you. Anna? What I would like to thank you, Greg, and what I think what I want to touch on is just going back into the classroom and talking about kids and social-emotional learning. You know, one of the amazing things that we have that as leaders in, a, in our health and PE program is we have a national nationwide initiative called Health News Minds and where it focuses on the social emotional learning and well-being for our kids and it is K through 12 and there's there, what it is it's SEL the curriculum is SEL based and it just provides kids with tools and healthy strategies to allow them to help them navigate through this world that's constantly changing a lot of pressure every single kids. day and we have to give them those tools now we have to give them those tools and create a safe space for them in order to learn how to do those and be able to identify what's going on inside of them. Because so many times they don't know what's going on inside of them. And so when they know what's going on inside of them, they can identify it and then know what to do with it from there. That's the power of what we get to do. And Health Moves Minds, is, mindfulness is a big thing with it. Um, teaching about respect, empowerment, advocacy. It's a really powerful this program that I love. Uh, fantastic. And Guy, uh, I'm going to throw a little shade out there to you. How about... Uh, you got a book out here on the market today. Yeah, well, thank you. And, and my book is actually a book on advocacy. It's titled Zagging, um, Building Advocacy Through Digital and Social Media. And, Greg, you know, you had me on back in on, on August 9th. And at that time, we really talked a lot about, you know, social media and mental health. And it's a big passion of mine because we know that, you know, uh, we know that students and even adults are spending more time on social media than ever before. I mean, 
more than 50% of the world population are now using social media, and the average person has 8.4, 8.4, Greg, uh, different social media channels or apps that they're engaged with today. And anyway, I'm going to be following. Yeah, I will. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I, I'm just bringing that up because it's something that's a passion of mine. Sure. It's certainly something I included in the book on public service announcement for mental hey. health and social media. Guy, real quick for folks who are interested in your book, where can they go? I'm almost out of time. Okay, easily just go to type in zagging and search. You'll see social media pop up next to it. Click the return and bam, the very first listing in Google will be the book. Well, guys, thanks so much for joining us here on the program. Thanks again. Uh, we're just about out of time. Thanks for coming down to the studio, you guys. It's been a lot of fun. Let's revisit this real soon. Thank Love you. to. Thank you for having us. All right, fantastic. Thank we'll you. see you on the other side of news. Your goals, your future, your dreams. These things are none of our business. Your credit score, your true crime obsession, and whatever you are searching for at 1.15 a.m., that's real.